0: Folks, it feels good to be back. It, it feels goddamn good to be back, doesn't it? How's your summer been? Did you get a tan? Did you did you play some golf? Did you, you know, did you go to the beach? I don't know. I did all of those things, but uh, mostly I was just sitting around waiting until I could get some hockey to watch again. And folks, hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And if you listen to this podcast, you know, I, I don't bullshit, all right? I, I tell it the way that I see it. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Going into the NHL draft with the Montreal Canadiens having that first overall pick, I was very firmly in the camp of let's draft Shane Wright. Now, <laughs> folks, I'm also going to give it to you straight here. After one game at the rookie tournament in Buffalo, I love your Slavkovsky. I absolutely love him. I'm not going to do what I normally do for the the bottom six minutes. I'm not going to recap all the goals. I'm going to kind of just go over the performances that really stood out. And the first one that I have to talk about is Yuri Slavkovsky. Wow. This kid is unbelievable. So earlier in the day. We get the roster and uh, all their details and their measurements and their weight. It turns out Uras Likowski apparently weighs 238 pounds, gaining 20 pounds over the course of the summer. So I don't know about you guys, if you were playing golf, going to the beach, whatever, but this kid was living in the gym and eating food. It seems like that's about all he did. And let me tell you, it showed on the ice. I mean, he was all over the place he set up a goal for philip meshar his buddy from slovakia shorthanded right so the puck gets dumped into the corner he goes flying after it he's about three four steps behind the buffalo defenseman beats him to the puck gains body position shelters it turns around fires a perfect pass into the slot to philip meshar and he puts a beautiful deke on puts it in the net i mean the whole sequence from Slavkovsky, though, Meshar, too, let's let's give him his due. Uh, it was a really nice move in front of the net, really quick hands. But Slavkovsky made that whole thing happen. It was cartoonish acceleration. He was, I shit you not, three, four steps behind the Buffalo defenseman. Catches up to him in a couple of strides. Beats him there, I mean, and, and then just shows absolute supreme physicality to get that puck, hold on to it, be able to wait for his linemate to come into the frame, and, and then feeds him. Perfect pass to set up the goal. And it was far from the only impressive play that he had in the night. At one point, he went one on five and tried to take on the entire Buffalo roster. He beat four guys before they finally managed to knock the puck off his stick without knocking him down. And now that I mention knocking him down, that seems like it's an impossible task. At one point in the third period, he cuts into the zone and cuts towards the middle of the ice. And one of the defensemen sees an opportunity to go for you know a little bit of a blindside hit. You know nothing too out of the ordinary. He goes, you know, it's the first overall draft pick. Maybe I'm gonna go put a hurt on him. And this guy licking his chops goes into the trolley tracks to go try and hit uri Slavkovsky, and he runs into a goddamn brick wall. Slavkovsky doesn't move. Meanwhile, the Buffalo defenseman is hunched over like he just got the wind knocked out of him. And then Lucas Condotta goes over there and feeds him his fucking lunch. So it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody stand up a hit like that without even seeing it coming. This guy managed to put on muscle, and apparently a lot of it, without sacrificing any of his speed. Again, the acceleration that he showed to set up that Meshar goal, man. I did not think that he was able to skate like that. And again, I was firmly on team right going into that draft. After watching this game, I know it's early. I know we're not even at the main camp yet. We're not even at a preseason game. I know he's playing against rookies. But I got to tell you, I was impressed by what I saw. Really impressed. I'm, I'm almost willing to already state that I was wrong in my analysis, heading into that draft. I don't know. It's The the, the jury's still going to be out, and I think it's going to be out for a few years. But I, I got to say, I mean, anybody who had Slavkovsky number one on their list, I got I to tip my hat to them a little bit. As my buddy Pat always tells me, you guys know him, Pat Bexel. He always says, I got a little bit of a bias towards the Canadian players or the North American players, rather. And maybe I did. Maybe I should have been paying more, more attention to, uh, to Uriah Slavkovsky because God damn what a first impression he just made on me i am excited to watch the rest of these rookie camp games and i'm real excited to see what he can do uh at the main camp because they, again amazing first impression couldn't ask for better I mean there was a couple of opportunities for him to get some goals as well and I, I think they're coming and I think they're going to come in bunches uh, once he breaks you know breaks the ice I I, I don't think it's going to be very easy to get things back under control when it comes to him um, really really great game from him and he wasn't the only one I'm not going to spend the entire podcast here talking about your ice my number two player out of that game was probably maybe even deserves to be the number one player in that game was owen beck owen beck was incredible i watched a lot of him during the ohl season last year and you know one of the things that i noticed watching him is like i saw shades of Philippe Dano. very very good defensively but maybe lacking a little bit of offensive punch and you kind of hope with a player like that that there's a little bit more for him to give offensively now he showed a little bit of everything in this game he showed All of those defensive skills. I mean, he had a back check at one point where he had to close a gap. Again, pretty similar to the Slavkovsky one where he's three, four steps behind the play and just zero quit in him. Just moves his ass, gets back, and just reaches out and tips a pass out of the way. Takes away a scoring chance. Incredible. He's also showing a little bit uh, more on the offensive zone as well. He had a really good zone entry in the first period where he dangled around two guys and then set some uh, and then threw a shot on net and it got stopped and I tweeted out a gif of it and I was like, "Man, he's close. He's he's getting real close to putting one in here." And then sure enough, sure as God's got sandals, in the third period he went and got one. So, Emil Heineman threw a nice pass to him, he splits the D, uh, goes in on net and then just brings it back and goes roof daddy with it. And I think that goal put made it four to three for Buffalo. They the final score was four to three, and I think that was the third goal for Montreal. So it was a it was a big moment in you know a game that doesn't necessarily matter, but a big moment if you're trying to win the game. So he stepped up at the right moment, and in every other moment he was just solid, well positioned, hard back on defense, takes back checking like it's the most important thing on the planet, which it probably is when it comes to hockey when you're a centerman. You need to be able to backcheck, And this guy does it like he loves to do it. I mean, I loved every bit of Owen Beck's game. And it, it really made me wonder. I was talking to David St. Louis about it in our uh, EOTP Slack chat. If this kid had a real rookie season in the OHL, right? If he actually had that, instead of last year being his ostensible rookie season because the first one got canceled by the pandemic how high would this guy have gone on the draft i mean he still goes early second round despite the fact that i only had what 51 points in the ohl not crazy point numbers but they're actually really good numbers for a rookie it was his first year i wonder if this kid's not going to develop a little bit more offensive touch if we don't see him well over a point per game this season in the ohl and if we don't look back at that and go god damn why was that kid even available in the second round he shouldn't have been he should have been gone. I don't know. But I loved his game too. And it, it it got me feeling real good about the Montreal Canadiens draft that they had this past summer to see those two guys looking that dominant. I mean, it, it, it was definitely a feather in the cap of the Hughes administration that their first draft appears to have produced two guys that I really love. And then how about a third? <laughs> how about a third for you, Kenny, in your first draft? Philip Meshar. I probably underrated this guy when i ranked uh my top 25 under 25 i think i had him in the 20s think like i'm at 23 and just after that one game i'd be willing to maybe bump him up a couple of spots i mean he has moves man this guy is slick with the puck and without the puck i mean I, again, think there might be more offense similar to Beck uh, that you can unlock out of that kid. Uh, with the way that he skates and the, the, the way that he handles the puck, I, I think there's a lot more to his game. Now, the rumor is that he's going to go to the OHL this season. Um, I, I think that's a good move. I think it's a bit of a step up from the Slovakian League personally. Um, but whether he goes to the OHL or goes to the AHL or, you know, outside shot, Maybe he really makes himself a case to play a couple of games for the Montreal Canadiens before he goes anywhere this season. I was impressed by him as well. So that's three players just from that one draft that in this game uh, were extremely impressive for me. There were some other players who had really good games as well. Uh, I thought Arbor Jacki had a pretty good game, very physical, uh, clearly out there looking to make his mark, uh, looking to make people feel his wrath a little bit. Uh, Jordan Harris, same thing, quite physical, pretty good moving pucks. Justin Barron, another guy that I clearly may have underrated in my top 25 under 25 rankings. Uh, man among boys out there moving the puck extremely well, looking dangerous, being physical as well. And finally, Matthias Norlander on the back end. Uh, This guy looks prime for a bounce back, if that game was any indication. He had a couple of A-plus scoring chances. A-plus-plus scoring chances that he generated almost entirely by himself. I mean, he gets the puck at the blue line a couple of times, dangles around one guy, dangles around a second guy, starts moving in, gets a shot on goal. I mean... His, his puck movement fantastic he he looks like he's primed for a bounce back and he's a guy that a lot of us may have underrated on the top 25 under 25 he's a guy that in previous years had been very high on our list and you know last year was rough for him last year was rough but i mean if that game is any indication he's in line for a significant bounce back and it was great to see it was fantastic to see because he's somebody that we've always kind of penciled in as potentially a future top four defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. So seeing him kind of get get back into that conversation a little bit, even though it's only a rookie game, it, it's good news. Uh, up front, I really liked Xavier uh, Simono's game. I thought he showed a lot of the same tenacity, uh, a lot of the same drive that made him uh, a pick for the Montreal Canadiens and that's going to make him eventually a professional hockey player. Um, Emile Heinemann. Got to admit, skating looks like a bit of an issue with him. But he he did score. He's got a good shot. Uh, and I felt like he was pretty well positioned as well. So Emil Heinemann, another guy, maybe a little bit better than, than I had rated him in uh, the top 25 under 25. He did not make my 25. Uh, so could have been wrong about him as well. But who knows? Time will eventually tell. And uh, well, I mean, I guess closing remark on this, right? I've never been, you know, that... I I I don't think I've ever been that kind of excited, happy watching a four three loss for the Montreal Canadiens. This was all young talent. We saw a lot of guys do some really exciting, uh, really you know projectable looking things. Slavkovsky, Meshar, Beck, really impressive. Uh, A lot of guys in the back end were impressive as well. Seeing Norlander take that step forward uh, to maybe having a bounce back season, huge. I mean, if if all the games this season go like this, if we get to see young talent, you know, improving getting better, showing some exciting abilities, and we lose all the games as well, and we get a high draft pick again. That's like kind of the ideal result out of this season. Let's see some entertainment. Let's see guys get a chance to show what they can do. Let's see guys get a chance to improve on the things that they're not good at, and let's lose some games, <laughs> right? Get another high draft pick. It's, it's a really top-heavy draft in uh, 2023 it's there's some really elite talent we know all about Connor bedard we know all about matt vay there are some big names up for grabs it's not a problem if they lose these games i know joel edmondson thinks they're gonna make the playoffs right but he has to think that you don't go into a season thinking well we're gonna suck and we're gonna lose every game but if they do as long as they can do it in an entertaining manner as long as the games look like that one that i watched uh, against the Buffalo Sabres at that rookie tournament, man, I will be perfectly happy even if they lose every game. If they play like that and we see the youth getting their opportunity to shine a little bit, getting their opportunity to improve. Uh, you know, they say that people say that the NHL is not a development league. I call bullshit. I think you can absolutely develop while playing on an NHL team, and I think uh, we have the right coach to do it. And uh, again, after seeing three different guys from that. Uh, that recent draft back in the summer impressed me that much in this game. I got to say, I I feel good about the GM too, man. I feel good to see hockey again. I feel great to see hockey again. I I do love watching baseball, but uh, hockey is my number one love, always will be. And uh, it's great to see them back on the ice. However, that stupid goddamn RBC patch is on there. I hate that thing. I hate that thing with a passion. I read the book, Le Chandail d'Hockey, by Requerie, about a million times growing up. And I am currently praying for those same 100 million moths that were prayed for in that book to come and eat the Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. I am praying for them to come and eat that RBC logo directly off La Sainte-Lanelle. It doesn't belong there. But what are we gonna do? It's there, nothing we can do. All we can do is we can watch the rest of the season and we can hope that everything i just said comes to fruition that we see the youth That we see what they can do we saw it against the buffalo sabers and hopefully we continue to see it i'm very excited for the rest of this rookie tournament and i hope you are too so i'll cut it off there everything that i just mentioned so all of the highlights that i talked about your Slavkovsky, philip meshar owen beck they are all in the article on habsizesandthepres.com so if you're listening to this you know on your way to work on your way home from work whatever go ahead Go to HabsEyesAndThePrize.com, take a look at the article. I put all the highlights that I talked about in there, and I'm going to continue to do that for the rest of this rookie tournament because it seems like uh, people are very interested in what's going on there, and I think I think this is the right time to get behind our rookies and get a little bit excited about things. So we'll cut it off there. Uh, we're running what? Uh, ooh, over 15 minutes. So, c'est une soirée pas mal énorme pour les employés de soutien. Thank you, as always, for listening. We are on Spotify, Google, uh, Apple. Uh, we're on Megaphone as well. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thanks again. And as always, à la prochaine.